In Luke chapter 5, it says, It came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man, he was full of leprosy, who, seeing Jesus, fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Well, Jesus uh, immediately said in the next verse, he said, he put forth his hand and touched him and said, I will be thou willing. In other words, he was saying, of course I'm willing. And notice with me, immediately the leprosy departed from him. You know, I really believe this. I really believe that we are uh, moving into a greater manifestations of the immediates. Of immediately things happening. Immediately. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of time left. So there are some things that need to happen immediately in people's lives. Uh, many, many times people uh, come from so many different walks of life and they don't know what you know. Not that we're arrogant about what we do know, but they're not uh, schooled in the word of faith like you have been or in the word of God. Well, you know, they don't have to go five years to get in the Word before they can get their healing. Some of them need their healing right now. Some of them need an immediate healing. Some of them need a suddenly. And I believe we're moving on into that. I believe we're moving on into that. I believe we're moving on into that. Moving on into that. Not just the pastors, not just the ministers, but all of us are going to move into the works that Jesus did and even greater works. So get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready for some immediate things to happen. For the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, turn you into another man. He will clothe you with power from on high, and you'll get a word in season. And so shall your hands be laid upon them, and they shall receive immediate results. Glory to God, I believe it. I believe that. I believe that. And then it will be very important for them to learn how to keep what they've received immediately. And that's, that, that's where the discipleship begins. That's where they need to be schooled in the Holy Spirit. Schooled in the school of prayer. Schooled in the school of faith. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Some things are happening. Some things are happening. They're happening all over the world right now. You know, you go way, way back to the 70s and the Jesus movement. The Jesus movement started in Southern California in Calvary Chapel. Right there in... Um, in the Santa Ana area, that area right there. John and Lindy lived real close to that place, actually. Um, but Chuck Smith, you know, they had just gotten new carpeting. They'd just gotten new, uh, new chairs. Everything was remodeled. Everything was fixed up just fine. Then all of a sudden, all these hippies started showing up. All these hippies. Some of them maybe hadn't bathed for a while. Maybe they smelled, whatever the case may be. But the hippies came in and took over. And the pastor knew enough not to send them out the door. Because he knew that the value of a soul was much more important than the value of that carpet. And so, If we are going to be a church who will receive the harvest, we must open up our hearts wide to those that need to be harvested. No matter what they may look like, no matter what they may smell like, no matter what walk of life they come through, we must open up our arms and open up our heart wide with compassion to those that are needing Christ. Yeah. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory. 
Glory to God. And you talk about a move of God. I know Steve, praise God, Pape knows all about that. You talk about a move of God. I mean, they were baptizing people in the Pacific Ocean by the hundreds and even the thousands, I think. Just a revival. The Jesus movement. What a revival. The charismatic movement. Praise God. I got saved in the charismatic movement. I got saved in 1974, 1975, actually. Pray, how many of you got saved in the 70s? Hallelujah. We're products of a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you what, right now, it's happening today, and it's going to happen here, and it's going to happen in greater depths and in greater measures. Thus says the Lord. Hallelujah. Ha ha. So get ready. Follow my plan. Follow the cloud. Follow the fire. And the cloud and the fire will take you right into the harvest fields. Where people are crying. Where people are dying. Where people are sighing. Oh, yea, saith the Lord. It's coming and it's coming strong. And it's coming bigger than it's ever been before. For all the waves in the past, all the moves in the past are going to come together. And the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Hallelujah. So whatever you have in your heart, do it. Do it. Do it. Do what's in your heart. God will minister through you where you're at. Right where you're at, Bertha. Wherever you're at, he's going to minister right through you. Isn't that good news? Look at your hands and lift them up to the Lord and say, These are my hands. Use my hands, Lord, as vessels of glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. The harvest is plenteous. The laborers in the natural room have been few. But say it with me, I'm a harvester. Here am I, Lord. I'm ready. I'm willing. And I'm able, by the grace of God, to be a harvester for you. Amen. You'll be surprised what will happen in a heart that's willing. You'll be surprised what can happen in your life when you align it to the perfect plan of God. Hallelujah. You'll open your mouth and you'll say things that you never heard before. That you never thought of before. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Ghost is going to help us. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it with me. For the Lord is good. And His tender mercies are over all his works. Just think about what the Lord's done for you. When I think about his goodness and what he's done for me, I just want to get beside myself and dance and shout and sing. Hallelujah all night long. Amen. Just think about what God's done for you. Hallelujah. Now, all of you don't have backgrounds like George and I, or Terry. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You don't have backgrounds like we do, but you have a background. You know what your background was? B.C., before Christ, you were a heathen. Jesus brought you out. Jesus brought you out. 
Jesus brought you out. Jesus lifted you up. Raised you up. Raised you up. For a purpose. You just open your mouth. Glory to God. And you'll say things. You'll know things. You will see things. And the words shall come. Words of knowledge. Words of wisdom. And it won't be all pseudo-spiritual or all out here and out there. It'll just be in your normal life flowing supernaturally. Amen. Say it with me. I'm a candidate. Here am I, Lord. Use me. So here's Jesus now. The leper comes to him. And he says, I'm willing, be thou clean. I'm glad he didn't say, just be patient, boy. In a few more days, it'll all be over. That's what the doctors told Dad Hagen when he was on the bed of affliction. For, I don't even remember how long it was. But the doctors would come, the ministers would come. And the ministers would say, just be patient, brother. In a few more days... It'll all be over. Now, how encouraging is that to a 17-year-old who wants to live? You know, his wonders to perform, you never just know. Jesus didn't say, be strong. Uh Uh-uh. Just let God have his way. God. So in Exodus 15... The Israelites have been delivered. They were delivered from Egyptian bondage, right? They were under those taskmasters. I mean, they beat them. They worked till they were bloody. And they, they just treated them like dogs. And God heard the sighs of the children of Israel. He says, I've come down. To do something about it. Do you know that there's size in the Bay Area? We live in an affluent society on one hand, but on the other hand, we live in a society here in the Bay Area where homeless people just abound by the thousands and thousands. And they're sighing. And they're calling out. So anyway, they got... Set free. They've come through the Red Sea. And uh, just awesome miracles happened. I mean, the horse and the rider has he thrown into the sea. They went over on dry land, but Pharaoh and his whole group, they went down. They drowned. They got over there on the other side, and they had a couple days of dancing or a time of rejoicing. But then after a few days, they didn't have any water. And they got really, really thirsty. And in Exodus 15 and verse 23, I want you to look at that verse. Exodus, the 15th chapter, the 23rd verse says this. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was Marah. Marah means bitter or bitterness. Now notice what they did when they came to the water hole and it was bitter. And the people begin to praise God. 
and said, God, you, you opened the Red Sea. You can surely do it again. No, how quickly and how easily they forgot. And we don't want to point fingers at them because how quickly and easily have we forgotten? That's why we're encouraged over in the Psalms. It says, forget not all thy benefits. And then he goes on to, to list what those benefits are. And he tells us, don't forget them. The mere fact that he told us not to forget them means that we could forget them. Now notice, they begin to murmur, to murmur. How many of you know that murmuring is different than praising? Murmuring, murmuring is different than believing. Murmuring is the incorrect response to the challenges and to the difficulties that they were facing. If you want to, if you want to stay down, just gripe and fuss over your problems. I've never seen a person murmur in faith. I've never seen a person murmur or gripe in faith. Griping and murmuring does not invite the presence of the Lord. It invites the presence of the evil one. Because where there is strife, which oftentimes is based upon dissatisfaction, and where there is strife, there is confusion in every evil work. Hallelujah. A good friend of mine says it like this, that doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. But faith... Rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. And we do not just wait until November 28th to give thanks from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. The name of the Lord is to be praised. Thanksgiving is our lifestyle. Thanksgiving is a way of life. Giving thanks unto the Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks unto the Father who has delivered us from the power of darkness. Translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. So, do we have anything to be glad about? Well, I just got an evil report. I feel terrible. Well, what do I have to be glad about? Well, look in the Bible. Look in the Bible. Find scriptures right here that says, by his stripes you're healed. Find scriptures in here that pertain to your basic situation. Jeremiah said, thy words were found and I did eat them. Notice with me, Jeremiah had to find the word. And he had to eat the word. And he said, when I found them and I ate them, they were unto Breke Savri de Shabandai. They were unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord of hosts. Find the word. Eat the word. Rejoice in the word. And you will always 
have something to be happy about. Verse 24 again, And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Now, notice this with me, that they were applying pressure to the leader. Faith never puts pressure on anyone. God is not the author of pressure. He's the author of peace. And sometimes leaders can take a hit and are pressured by followers. Sometimes husbands can take a hit by their wives and be pressured and vice versa. Faith puts no pressure on anyone. Verse 25. Here's what Moses did. And he went before the Lord and he cried unto him. And the Lord showed him a tree. Which when he had cast into the waters, the waters of Marah were made sweet. Can the bitternesses of life be made sweet? Sickness is a bitter pill. Can malignancies be made healthy? Can toxicity be made clean and normal? Can God turn around a bad situation for the goodness of God? We do not deny the fact that there are tests and trials and bad situations. But we don't camp there. We rather spend our attention on the goodness of God in a bad situation. Hallelujah. So how was, how was this water hole, how was it made sweet? God showed Moses a tree. Have you ever seen any other scriptures in the Bible about a tree? Oh, I'm telling you, this is prophetic. This is pointing toward the future. The Bible says that Jesus hung on a tree. He became accursed when he hung on the tree. He took our bitterness so we could have his betterness. Somebody says, Pastor, I'm so bitter, I'm so bitter. Go to the tree and let Jesus make you better. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. hallelujah. On the cross, he dealt with the bitterness in our lives. Oh, that's so good. Get rid of bitterness. Let it go. Ephesians 4 says, let go of all bitterness. Let it go. And then immediately he says, imitate God and walk in love. In life, there are going to be some challenges that we all will face in relationships. And we can choose to be bitter or we can choose to get better. But the only way that that can happen is by going to Jesus. You see, we do not want to be defiled in life. I'm not exactly sure of the biblical definition of being defiled, but I have a hunch it ain't good. Right? Well, how are you doing today? Well, I'm defiled. Oh, that doesn't sound too good. 
<laughs> now here's what bitterness will do in our lives if we allow it to stay in our lives. It begins to develop a root. In Hebrews it talks about the root of bitterness. And when that root of bitterness takes root in a person's life, it says it springs up. And by it then, many are defiled. And so of course, it's always good to let go. It's always good to forgive. And say, you know what? I'm going to let this drop. And I'm not going to let this develop a root of bitterness in my life. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. So when they threw the tree in there. See, when you get Christ involved in your life. When you say, When you get the substitutionary sacrifice of the Master in your life. When you get it right in the center of your life. Oh, things can change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when they threw that tree in there, the bitter changed. How did he do it? It took a miracle. Molecules changed. The bitter became sweet. Could the bitterness in anyone's life become sweet? Can God turn things around? Can God repair relationships? Can God reconcile relationships that have been broken for decades? I believe He can. Now don't misunderstand me. Sometimes it's beneficial to walk away from those people and to walk away from them. And I sing this song while you're doing it. I'll see you in the rapture. (laughs) But there are those relationships that I believe the Lord wants to see reconciled. Amen. Amen. And you can walk away from relationships and forgive and not be bogged down by it. But there are, I believe, I believe that there are some relationships that God wants to heal among ministers in the body of Christ. Among people. Hallelujah. Could bitterness become sweet again? You say, oh, but pastor, man, I, got, I tell you, I got a bitter pill in my marriage. I, I got a bitter pill on my job. I got bitterness going on with my kids. Again, we serve a God who can turn the bitter into sweet. Now let's look at this in verse 25. And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which he had cast into the waters. The waters were made sweet. Now notice this phrase. This is covenant talk right here. We don't have time to go to it in depth. But it says, the waters were made sweet, and there he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. It says here that... He was about to establish something. He was about to make an eternal statute, an eternal ordinance with them. Get the picture. They're lapping up all this sweet water. They hadn't drank for three days. 
Their thirst is quenched. They're satisfied. And they know beyond any shadow of a doubt that they are in the presence of the miraculous. Your life can be changed by the presence of the miraculous. Think about it. The water was impossible to drink just seconds ago. And then the Lord spoke to him. And here is the statute. And here is the ordinance. Read verse 26 with me, please. Read, ready, read. And said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, that I have brought upon the Egyptians. This is big. This is one of the big I am statements. Remember when they came to take Jesus and they wanted to hang him on a cross and he was in the garden? And they said, Who? Where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? He says, I am. He. Those boys fell under the power. They fell back. Remember Moses? <laughs> God chose Moses to be the instrument whereby he could lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses asked him, hey, hello, who am I going to say sent me? He said, you just tell him, I am sent you. And when he says, I am the Lord who heals you, these words make up one of the most the greatest compound Jehovah names. I am Jehovah Rapha. You know what Jehovah means, don't you? Jehovah means the self-existent one. What do you mean the self-existent one? The great I am. What does I am mean? I am. I exist. He didn't say I will be. He said I am. He didn't say, I was the Lord that healeth thee. He didn't say, I will be the Lord that healeth thee. He said, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Did you know that the great I am is not dependent on anyone? He is Jehovah. He's the self-existent one. And he is not dependent on any other power source. He is all-powerful. And he says, listen to me, keep my word, serve me, hearken to me, and you will be in position to have the great physician minister to you every day of your life. Say it with me, being in position for the great physician to minister to me. So if he says, I'm the Lord that healeth thee, no one has the right to come along and change that. They don't have the right to do that. This is a forever settled word from Jehovah. No one can take his doctorate away from him. This God. This God who heals you will always forever be the Lord who heals you.
You know what Rafa means, don't you? Rafa means to heal, to mend, and to restore to normal. Lift both your hands and say this with me. You am my physician. You are the Lord that heals me. You are the Lord that mends me. You are the Lord that restores to normal what has been abnormal. Oh, that's shouting ground. If you just got caught up in that revelation for about 10 minutes a day, just praising Him that He is Jehovah Rapha, you are my healer. You are mending me. You are bringing that which was wrong and making it right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it with me. You are and you still am the Lord that heals you. Jehovah Rapha. The Lord, your physician. You might have a natural physician. And thank God for natural physicians. But oh, thank God for the supernatural physician. When a natural physician tells you there's nothing that can be done, they're presuming that nothing can be done. They should say there's nothing more that we can do. But when the best say there's nothing more we can do, we thank God. That our Jehovah Rapha is still making house calls. I said he's still making house calls. What do you mean house calls? You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're the house of God. And he lives in you. He's your physician. He's your quickener. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and you. And he that raised Christ from the dead quickens our mortal body. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have a healer. And you ought to be healed. You know, how many of you drove tonight to church? Okay. Most of you drove to church. Some of you may come some other way. But you know what? If you have a car, you ought to drive it. If you have a car... There's no reason to walk to church. You ought to drive it. If you have a house, you ought to live in it. You ought not to live under a bridge. And if you have a healer, you ought to be healed. In Luke chapter 13, let's look at 11 through 16. Luke, the 13th chapter says, And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. That was an evil spirit. Not all healing requires the removal of demonic spirits, but this lady had an evil spirit. And the Bible says it was for 18 years, and she was bowed together, and she couldn't lift up herself. She was probably walking around like this, just all bowed together. Think about that. Verse 12. And when Jesus saw her, He called her to him and said unto her, The great I am here is speaking the word of God. He is making a declaration over her life. Don't be surprised if the great I am uses you to speak words like this. He said, Woman, 
You are loosed. So she was bound. You are loosed from thine infirmity, not your blessing. Verse 13. And he laid his hands on her. And here's another immediately. How about that? And immediately, she was made straight. You know the drug addicts can immediately go straight? <laughs> Hallelujah. I said dope addicts can immediately get delivered. Delivered from withdrawal system symptoms. Delivered immediately. Because God loves them so much. The Bible says immediately she was made straight. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Now, not everybody is going to do that because not everybody wants to do that. But oh, those who will. Those who will. Those who have a heart to do the right thing. They're, come on, guys. Those are candidates for some immediate leads. And it's the same thing with drug addiction. I mean, I got so full of the devil and, and full of drugs that my mind was gone. And I tell you what, I called out to the Lord as a Catholic boy, alone in an apartment. I don't even want to tell you what the scene was. It was ugly. But I had come to a point where I could no longer stand that lifestyle. And I laid on that bed and I prayed, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I prayed this prayer and I said, Lord, I'd rather be dead. I just want to die. Well, he answered that prayer. Because when I came to Jesus, the scripture says, For you are dead, and your life is now hid with Christ in God. My experience was not the experience of an immediate Yeah, I felt pain. Yes, I went through some withdrawals. That's just my story. But oh, I'm telling you what. There are people crying out. They hate the fact that they have that needle in their arm. They hate the fact of living like that. They're tired of it. But they don't know where to turn. They don't know where to go. But you and I have the answer. I said, we have the answer. But not only do we have the answer, we have the endowment and we have power from on high to set the captives free. Whosoever will, whosoever will be free in this day and in this hour, whosoever desires can be free. And they can be free immediately. (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout with me. Glory glory to God. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God.
So let's take as many people to heaven with us as we can. Not everyone's going to make it. But I'll tell you one thing we're not going to do. We're not going to point our bony little condemning finger at the world. Not in harvest time. It's time to be ambassadors. To wit or to tell that it was God personally present in Christ. Reconciling the world under favor with himself. And committing unto us the word of reconciliation. I'm looking and I'm not discouraged because there's a handful of people here tonight. I see beyond the chairs. I'm seeing greater harvest, Tony. I'm seeing bigger harvest than we've ever seen before. It's just just a question of time. It's just a question of time. Glory to God. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. But before we see the king there, we're going to see the king in a greater way here. Thank you, Pastor Tom, for that good amen. I appreciate it. We're ambassadors. And here's what the wisdom of God will dictate in our lives when we yield to him. A wise ambassador, of which we are, a wise ambassador brings healing. It brings health. It brings healing to everyone around us. So look at yourself as an agent for the king. And not just bringing health and spreading good news to those kind of people that I discussed earlier, but to your brothers and sisters. Speak a word in season. Be a lifter, be an encourager, and be a blesser. And you know what God will do? He'll work in you, he'll work through you, but oh, he will bless you big time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. Where does the time go? I tell you, it just goes so fast. But that's what happens when you're having fun. Time goes quick. Time goes fast. We'll pick up here a little bit later. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. Let's put our hand over our heart and say, Lord, I thank you for your beautiful presence tonight. And for encouraging words from the Word of God. Help us, Lord, to see beyond the temporal and to see life through eyes of eternity. Not moved by the temporal, but living by the eternal. I pray, Lord, that you will use me this week to be a spokesperson for you. Help me, Holy Spirit, with your power from on high to be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the kingdom of God. Amen.